Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Wise Men Say podcast. Uh, today it is presented by myself, Frankie Francis, and I'm joined by Roy Fallow. Hello. And Matthew Keeling. Hello. How are you doing, guys? Very good. A lot to talk about. A lot to talk about, indeed. Um, I guess we should acknowledge the fact we played a game of football on Friday night first. That's that's that acknowledged. Okay. We lost, lost. again. We lost, yeah. Uh, it did start off all right, though. We went one one. Yeah, it took the goal well. Yeah. Um, should have probably had a penalty, and then... They the went usual, down the other way the and scored, didn't they? Capitulation. Yeah. And all the media, all, like, I was thinking yesterday, like, all the, the people who work, like, the local media were probably thinking, oh, well, Friday night game, nice yeah. weekend off, nothing to do on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> like, about midday, probably just as, just as about to take the, I was actually just about to tuck into my Sunday lunch. I was going to say, probably, like, just as the chicken was coming out of, yeah. of the oven. All of our phones start going mental and things like that, and... Well, I suppose... It's all kicked off. Yeah. Let, let's try and, um... Establish the facts here. I think what we need to do first. So about one thirty p.m. around about then was when I was taken into my um, vegetarian Sunday. <laughs> um, was uh, we got a confirmation from the club with a statement that said SAFC announces the manager Chris Coleman and his assistant Kit Simmons have been released from their contracts. The club would like to place on record its sincere thanks to Chris and Kit for their tireless efforts in what have been what has been a hugely disappointing season for everyone involved with the club. Uh, the club is unable to make further comment at this time. So, you, uh, I was having Sunday lunch. Where were you? I was just in, in the house. In the house, Get, Matthew. Getting ready. I just... I've been out on my bike, actually. I've been out on I his bike, hasn't he? Back. Yeah, he just got back. Uh, good bike ride? It was, yeah. Uh, and, okay, initial reaction to that? I was I was gutted about it, to yeah. be honest. Um, I was too. I think out of a lot of... We've had a lot of managers who've, who we've let go, who've been given a lot more grace, and I think just those few sentences Chris Coleman got. Like, David Moy seemed to have got more... Like, he got to go on his own terms and things like that. Mm. Whereas Chris Coleman, like, his family have said that they're devastated to be leaving. Um, yeah. It was reported, I think, uh, by David Coverdale. He mm. reported that he was, that David Coverdale, the son, had reported that Coleman was gutted as well to be leaving. Um, he clearly wanted to be here for the long term. Um, and I know most managers probably want that. But with Coleman, you had, you believed that, not that he just wanted to be here, but 
he really wanted to become a legend at Sunderland and he, he bought into the club from mm-hmm. day one. He could have easily walked in after the job he'd done at Wales to a cushy Premier League job and yeah. he, he clearly didn't want something easy. He wanted a challenge and he wanted, like I say, to be an icon at Sunderland. So for us to dismiss him after he's been talking about how he would take a pay cut to stay here and things like mm. that, I think it leaves a bit of a sour sour taste for me. Um the he was the one thing at the club that you wanted to remain well I think most people wanted to remain for, for any shortcomings he had you can you can talk about how, what you think about him on the pitch but I don't think anything anyone would disagree with on Coleman was the fan base now more so than when he first came in is on its knees now mm-hmm. and we need a big personality to, to lift us up again and Chris Coleman had that, like from day one in that first interview, you were like hanging on his every word. Yeah. Like it might be not too dissimilar to things that Simon Grayson said, but Coleman's just got that gravitas about him. Mm-hmm. You and believed his every word. You believed you everything totally he said. Did. Like you did believe that he genuinely did want to be here. He, he genuinely believed in himself to turn it around. And he, he bought into the whole ethos of yeah. fan base. Like not, not obviously the club at the minute, but what we all wanted to be. And he was almost became a fan. Yeah, really. When it when he was when he was in yeah. charge, and he got it for him on a personal level, like mm-hmm. definitely because you saw what it what it meant to him with the games we did win. Yeah, and he yeah, like arguably like actually Burton after that game is probably I know there's not many highlights this season, but that was probably the best moment of this season when mm-hmm. he was like jigging up the fans at the end of the game. Yeah. And I think any incoming manager, which we'll get onto the speculation of that later. It's not just got to be someone who's a good operator at that yeah. level. It needs to be someone who has got that personality, who's got that swagger, who's got that charisma, who can lift the supporters again. You know, people say we need someone who knows that division, that can operate there, but Simon Grayson knew the championship, and look mm. where look where that's got us. Mm. That got us having to get someone like Coleman who had the personality to lift the support again. Um, like I say, I don't want to touch too much on who the manager could be at the minute, because I'm sure we'll come on to it later, but that's got to be one of the main the forefront of the new owner's mind when they're looking for that new manager, whether they've got them lined up already, it needs to be someone who's got obviously the credentials to back that up as well, but they've got to have that that bit of arrogance as well. Like they yeah. should be coming in being like, This is Sunland in League One. Yeah. Like no like dampening of expectations or anything like that like David Moyes did. They need to be coming and making us feel arrogant about the club again. We should we have I know you don't have any right to win games, but as a club we shouldn't be playing Accrington Stanley in league mm-hmm. football, like unless they've like done something like Bournemouth have, where they've surged mm-hmm. up to the Premier League. We should not be dropping down to the level of Accrington Stanley and the new manager and the new owners as well. They've got to get all that in place, but they need to be reminding the supporters of that. Um, but who that manager is going to be, and who even a lot of the mm-hmm. the new the new board is, we we don't know yet. So it's hard to speculate on that too much. Well, yeah, that's right, and we'll, we'll get onto that in in time, I guess. Um, so. It was about how how long would you say it was half an hour after that? Yeah, that, really? that, yeah, it was very that. quickly. So very quickly followed up uh, by the, the next statement, which was on the club website and the club socials. Uh, it simply said, "Ella Short, owner of Sunland AFC, has agreed to sell the club to an international consortium of football investors. The deal." which is subject only to English Football League approval, will see ownership pass to a group led by Stuart Donald, chairman of Eastleigh FC. That was at this point when I was like, who's Stuart Donald? <laughs> <laughs> what about yourselves? I think like 
across the northeast there the hits for the google searches for Stuart donald like yeah. you know when you can see that when people have searched things yeah. on google like the graph yeah we just look yeah it'd be like the pound after brexit like, yeah. just, <laughs> but just the opposite like, yeah surging up so i mean uh you know we'll, we'll we'll keep going through this statement um but uh this was if not as big a shock as the previous statement to come out if not a little bit more yeah. but this one should be a happy one to, mm-hmm. to a lot of Sunderland supporters because there's a lot of things that this is one of the things they want for a very long time. It continues. Announcing the news, Ellis Short said, It's no secret that I've been trying to sell Sunderland, but I've waited until the right group came along that have the experience, finances, and plan to take this great club back to where it deserves to be. You can feel free to chip in, by the way. <laughs> uh, overall, my chairmanship has not gone the way I would have wished. The main high points of the decade in the Premier League uh, uh, were overshadowed by the low points of last two terrible seasons. I was therefore determined to ensure that I leave Sunderland in the best possible hands and the best possible state to turn the corner. I think, I think with yeah? that as well, that short saying there does kind of highlight for all he needed to go and for all that. No, I, I don't particularly have any good feeling towards him. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's left us debt free and he's written off, obviously he can afford to write off a huge yeah. amount of money, so I'm not going to like raise him too much for that. But it kind of highlights he's not been malicious during his time here. He's just been incompetent. Well, um, he wasn't he, just prepared to just give it to anybody. Well, that's why he, he says. He genuinely does seem to have done some kind of diligence himself yeah. with... so I think that this uh, this next bit sums up what you do, you guys just said there uh, to achieve this uh, higher offers from less qualified buyers were rejected and I have paid off all debts owed by the club to leave it financially strong and debt free for the first time uh, since years before I owned it I mean regardless of your, your your stance on Ellis Short if that's a part and gesture I don't think Sunderland as a city will ever see anything like that well, it's huge that to be debt free, yeah. it's just massive because it changes a lot mm-hmm. in terms of what we can maybe do in pre-season, who we can hang on to, what we, how we approach the season. Because you were, you were worrying about not just having money to spend, but even players like and put aside like what any anyone's opinion on players are in the squad are at the moment. But the squad's going to be very thin at the minute mm-hmm. at, at the end of the season. Loan players going back, yeah. players out of contract. Any players who were who you think can do a job. Not mm-hmm. that obviously we do need a massive rebuild, but say a player like Asoro, you were kind of worrying a three million bid for him could yeah. easily take him away. Yeah. Or like even, even, like even Honeyman, Honeyman, yeah. Honeyman like, yeah, it's a really good example. Half actually. a million quid or something, like a million pounds, someone's you're just worried that any offer for anyone would just be accepted. That would just and, clear the decks and get a load of anyone in. And after yeah. that, it wouldn't be reinvested. No, like if, if, the, if the £30 million for Jordan Pickford couldn't be in the summer that's just gone then you'd think well we're not going to be able to spend that money but now you do think a bit more healthy position to keep all of those players and what even though we are going to sign, need to sign up quite a few players you're probably looking 10 million we're going to need in league one maybe mm. 20 million at the most depending on depending on how big we try to go this yeah. summer and again we don't know that yet that's pure speculation but you th- you hope now and We'll kind of know more about that when more information about the owners come out. We're going to have that money to spend, especially if we're not having to worry about debts. Yeah. Uh, I'll continue with the the statement. Feel free again once to, to chip in, guys. Uh, assuming that Stuart and his group 
win EFL approval, which hasn't happened yet. We must stress this, right? Uh, it only remains for me to wish them and all associated with the club the very best for the future. I will be a Sunderland fan for life and hope to return as a fan to watch them climb back to where they belong. Um, is Ella Short a genuine fan then? I don't think he'll be coming back to watch it any time in the future. Like, a a lot of time would have to pass, wouldn't it? And the club would have to be very stable Even with again. that part and gesture? I think everything's just still a bit too raw, raw isn't mm. it? And it's, you know, you can't ignore a lot of bad yeah. things, which probably, for a lot of them for legal reasons, we, we shouldn't really get into here. But there's mm. a lot of quite nasty things that have happened on Ellis Short's watch. And it's sort of like how far we've had to fall for him to make that gesture for all it's exactly it's, yeah. for all it's brilliant and it's it makes a huge difference we've had to fall into league one and be an, an absolute mess for this to happen mm. and i think everyone would prefer he hadn't had to do this yeah and than, i think than, for, <laughs> than not be where we are at the minute but for any good things that have happened in the short era as it, as it now mm. as it now is um they've all being kind of in spite of him as well, mm. because those the best times really, especially after Steve Bruce left, have been great escapes in relegation, and we've had to do those great escapes in, from relegation because he's not appointed the right people, um, or at some points hasn't invested enough. So, mm. and even like the cup final was kind of not an accident, obviously, but that was like you know no one expected that, and it was just a kind of galvanized dream, Rory. galvanized team spirit <laughs> that came about because of that that momentum we ended up getting behind us because it was backs against the wall, it was adversity. So I think a lot of, like I say, the good memories weren't because of decisions that he had made mm. that were in spite of him. So it's hard to, not that those memories aren't great, but managers sort of like working against him to a point. Yeah. Um, the club uh, statement goes on to speak about Donald Stewart. And uh, it says, uh, Donald... Who Stuart will... Donald. Donald Stewart. Donald Stewart. <laughs> Is that a pseudonym? <laughs> it's not a, a Stuart Donald. I mean, um, it, it says, uh, Donald, surname, <laughs> uh, who, who will now uh, relinquish ownership of Eastleigh. So I'm, I'm guessing that's some kind of EFL term that you can't own more than on one club. conflict of in- interest. Yeah. 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 I mean, the state we're in, we could be we playing, them. playing them. Next exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but he's, this is what he's, uh, Eastley's uh, uh, said, uh, the, the chairman of Eastley. He said, um, all of us involved in this bid believe that Sunderland represent an extraordinary opportunity. Our group have all been involved in building or rebuilding football clubs to reach their potential. And we believe that over the last decade, we have acquired the necessary skill sets to overcome the many challenges that will face us in this huge club. Aside from his association with, with Eastleigh, uh, Stuart Donald has also been a key behind-the-scenes presence at Oxford United in that club's revival of the last 10 years as an investor, shirt sponsor and Supporters Trust Committee member. So I think that last bit about the Supporters Trust Committee member mm. could be very important. Yeah, especially, especially with... You know, with, a, with a former chairman who hasn't been connected to the fans. Yeah. And that's been obviously the Red and White Army, which I was, we've all been involved with, and um, other other Sunderland like fan sites, fanzines, and supporters branches have been. Um, they've, I think, from day one, it's been part of the mission statement of the Red and White Army that they've wanted fan representation on the board, and that is quite important. That not necessarily even if they're on the board, but that there's more of an open dialogue. Because I know they've started having meetings with Martin Bain over the last over the last few months, but. 
even that's been kind of like slow progress and things need to happen quicker at Sunderland now and mm-hmm. communication's been quite broken down between well, the supporters and the club over the last That's because Martin Bain's been a middleman. Yes. You know, reporting back. But if, you know, if Stuart Donald was heavily invested in, in yeah. the supporters' uh, trust, then that can only be a good thing as well. Um, he also added that Eastleigh and Oxford are different cases to each other uh, and smaller than Sunderland. The similarity, though, is that there is a lot that needs to be addressed here and it needs to be addressed with realism, focus and dedication. For a club with one of the best fan bases, stadiums and academies in the UK, it finds itself in League One and it's unacceptable. We all agree with that, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, the final bit of the uh, the statement, which was released by a club, says, We have carefully thought through a plan to restructure the club, make it uh, sustainable, and, with the help of the fans, to restore its sense of pride and reconnect with the local community. In short, I don't know if that was a, um, <laughs> a little good pun there, but uh, yeah. we are rolling our sleeves up to do what needs to be done to be ready uh, this club to ready this club to start competing again. Now the club then go on to say, out of respect for the EFL process, neither SFC or Ella Short nor Stuart Donald uh, will be making any further comment. So uh, that is the the, the comment that the, the statement that came out after the first initial statement. Let's just show you visually. I know this is a podcast, but the, um, the statements. <laughs> yeah. You've got to feel for Chris Corm a little bit because he gets like two lines and then you get this kind of. Well, I guess it, it asks more questions than it answers, though, doesn't it? Yeah, there's still a lot to be to be answered with with Stuart Donald. We don't know what his how, how much money he has, and that I know that sounds like quite intrusive, yeah, but, but that's that's quite a reasonable question to to ask as a supporter, and we don't know because it does say it is a consortium. Yeah. We don't know what that consortium consists of yet. And yep. We don't know what kind of money they're bringing in, um, who's involved with that. Yep. How so, many people are involved? And that, yeah, exactly. There could it could be, it could be huge for all we know. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure that will all come out well, when, the, when the deal is when the deal is complete. I think reading between lines, the only thing we know is is that his him saying we've carefully um, we have a carefully thought through plan to restructure the club has already started. Because that's the reason why Chris Coleman's lost his job. Yeah, they yeah. Yeah. they have to have someone in mind, don't they? Or the you'd hope so. Because one <laughs> one thing that my main concern is, and my main probably my main gripe, apart from the reasons that I mentioned before about getting rid of Coleman, is we've needed managerial consistency for years, mm. and now people might go, "Well, why did you want rid of David Moyes? David Moyes hadn't earned the right to be that manager, and wasn't wasn't showing anything on or off the pitch." Whereas Chris Coleman was fighting with, I was going to say one hand behind his back, but he was fighting with one, with both arms behind his back, with one of his legs cut off and just trying to like aimlessly headbutt his opponents most of the time. Mm. He's had no money to spend in January, yet we still had that little run after the Derby game where, I know we didn't get the results we needed, but you still at least had hope. And that's absolutely crazy considering we were in the relegation zone and had, and like I say, we couldn't strengthen the squad. So we've been needing that managerial consistency. We've needed someone who isn't just getting appointed in pre-season, who already knows what the squad's like, who knows what the weaknesses are, who knows where any strengths might be and how to accentuate them, what kind of players we need. Now now that Coleman's gone, we're going to have to rely on another manager coming in, making that assessment in pre-season. For all that, they might have been keeping a close eye on Sunderland. They might have been told a few months ago by this by the new owners like look we're looking at Sunderland 
if we want to, if we buy the club, are you interested? So they might be in keeping an eye on Sunderland, but they're not on the training ground. Yeah, they're every not working day. with them every they're, day. Exactly, they yeah. don't have that close relationship that Coleman does. So they're going to have to be sort of like learning on the job about mm. the squad. And does that affect the pre-season, even if it happens now? Do you think? I don't think. If, well, it needs to happen now, so at least they're there for the very start of yeah. pre-season and start building straight. What I mean away. is, you don't want to spend your whole pre-season finding out about all your players, only to get no. to August well, and exactly. then have that's, to go out to the well, transfer that's, market. That's, what, which I, is yeah. that's mm. what I mean. Coleman knew that already. Coleman wouldn't need Coleman would go and be going into day one of pre-season with hopefully some new players already in, which mm-hmm. to be fair can still happen, but. He knows already about the players that are there. This new manager doesn't know that yet. Yeah. And that's why I think it seems a bit pointless, especially for the reasons that I said before, that Coleman had kind of earned the right to build, to at least have a go at taking us up again. Um, so for him to get sacked for that, and when we need that consistency, like I say, I, I hope to be proved. It. I, I don't want to be like too negative. Like It's great that the club's been sold, and I hope that I, I'd love to be totally wrong. Like I don't, I'm not being negative about this. It is just more concern which i think you know we should we should have a bit of concern it's an uncertain time for the club the, the ownership's just changed like we don't know if these are going to be good owners we or don't know anything be, about them. we don't well, know anything, literally right? my knowledge of Stuart donald stretches to that statement there. yeah exactly well, yeah i mean i i found some information i've just passed to rory there uh, matthew i mean what what do you think apart from the, so his restructuring is a changing of the um the management straight away he's done that. I mean, what would you do um, other than that straight away? I mean, you, 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 you I, don't, I don't know. What? Where do you start? Where, where do you start? So you change your manager, you, then you, you manager, say this is how much you got available that. for players. Yeah, we need. To, we're going to need to know how much how much money we've got available. How much? Well, the net the net worth of Stuart Donald is a is a lot less than is, um, yeah than. Ella Short, of course, yeah. but we don't know how much is in the rest of the consortium. Yeah, yeah so it could be it could be full of multi-millionaires, it could be full of... And they've just got Stuart uh, Donald to take the front yeah. as a chairman, yeah, he's like as a someone who knows yeah. football. And I know it was over 10 years ago, but Niall Quinn was the front of the Drummerville consortium, and I think he had the least money out of all. Yeah, yeah. I think he had the least, I, I could be totally wrong here, but I think he did have the least Didn't shares. Spoke football, Rory. <laughs> <laughs> well, Priceless. But, but that could be a similar, not to the same level and not with the same connection, but the idea behind behind Stuart Donald fronting it, that he, he has a football knowledge, he has a background mm. in football, they're interested in getting involved with the football club, mm-hmm. these investors, whoever they are. So get him to front it, get him to run it day yeah. to day, um, and then see, and then hopefully we can build from there. But like we keep saying, it's it's all we're all in the dark at we're, the moment. Yeah, we don't know at all, do we? At the moment, guess, where to go next? I guess because we, well, until it's approved. Yeah, no details can come out until <laughs> nah. it's approved. I guess as yeah. well. So it's all vetoed until then. Yeah, and then we find out more. And uh, we're going to get in some speculation about what might be happening next. Uh, we'll just take a quick break. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, you're listening to the Wise Men Say podcast, broadcasting tonight from Amazing Radio, uh, where myself, Frankie Francis, broadcast uh, three to seven weekdays. <laughs> you can find me. Uh, available uh, on, on uh, all good... Um, um, apps you can get good apps. tune in good app. and stuff like that um, can you get it on tinder that's a, yeah, that's, you, that's a good app i mean you can get pretty much anything you want through tinder, <laughs> through tinder yeah, yeah. Uh, roy fallow here as well i'm matthew keelan uh, discussing the um the last 24 hours of sunderland football club historic last 24 hours because Very. we are forced uh to talk about the the fact that we could down to efl approval have a new owner and um, i guess this brings on to a lot of speculation because one of the statements that came out over the weekend was uh, that we have lost the services of Chris Coleman. Now, today, the rumour mill has already been in full throttle, shall we say. Uh, very nice. Oh, very nice. Good. Thanks. Uh, and, and why is that, Rory? Mick McCarthy, of course, went for went for lunch and to buy a coin board. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a fever dream, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, oh, I, don't, I couldn't sleep last night. I had a weird dream that Mick McCarthy went for lunch and board and went to buy a BMW. That's photographed. Yeah, there is there, there is there. evidence he that he was buying a car in Bolden. Yeah, it hasn't been denied that he was wasn't buying a car, no. or that he was in Bolden. But uh, the day after, uh, Sunderland lose their manager, and he's pretty short odds with the bookies as well. Is that coincidence, Matthew? It's a hell of a coincidence if it is, isn't it? Or maybe just the the beef sarnies and the travelling man are just <laughs> you have to travel four hundred miles. <laughs> you have to be the travelling man. Yeah. Be the travelling man. Yeah. yeah, I think like what's we- like everyone says. Well, it's too much of a coincidence that he's in Sunderland. Like it can't just be for that. But does one else think if he was coming to talk about the manager's job? Why is he going to buy a car? I'll buy, I'll buy a car. <laughs> Unless he's just seen his contract. And he's like, get in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> cash back. Then then already on the back foot. Oh, I thought we'd be all right with money. This is that Stuart Donald. He stopped giving down free bottles yeah, of water, water and saved £500 a season. <laughs> I thought he'd be against this kind of thing. But, yeah, so you know, the speculation is that Mick McCarthy may be named as the manager. But all we have to go on that is that he was spotted in um, Bolden buying a car and went to the Travelling Man. <laughs> there is other names on the shortlist, isn't there, Rory? Apparently, um, there's been the mirror just before we start recording uh, mentioned Gary Boyer, who's obviously a Blackpool um so I don't think that's obvious to the, the general person no, listening no. to this podcast. No, I, I no. don't know I, that I name. Think, I think yeah. who that was. Yeah. Um, like obviously Blackpool have been. We'd be playing them next season. And they've been in a terrible, like much worse. If we yeah. think it's we've had a bad like Blackpool. Yeah, yeah have like had a terrible time. So I, I guess you would have to say with the circumstance he's been in, he's done quite a good job. Um, Chris Wilder, Sheffield United has been linked. Strong links with that one. Yeah, well. apparently he's quite unhappy at Sheffield United. So mm. did he work with? Was he at Oxford, Wilder? I don't know, to be honest. I'm sure I read that there was a link somewhere between um, Oxford and Wilder and obviously right. Stuart Donald. So yeah. I don't know if it was... I'm sure it was Wilder, though. I can't remember him actually being there. But then um, for Chris Paul Wilder. Cook as well, who's been a, who's at Portsmouth at the minute, who've just missed out on the playoffs in League One. Um, and there's also some a bit more left-field speculation about... Um, Totally forgetting his name, Potter Graham Potter. Yeah, um, you mentioned this one before we went on air. The, Again, a name I'd never even mentioned. The manager of Ost- never heard Ostersons, Ostersons, oh, the Swedish they, side. They Arsenal. Yes, oh, yeah. Right, yeah, um, yeah. Apparently, after their game recently, like got on a plane in England, so he's been getting linked with jobs. So 
I think with someone like him or that sort of like young up and coming manager, I don't I still don't agree with getting rid of Coleman, but at least with that I can see what the new owners are trying to do. Mm. We're totally refreshing the club. We want a new young up and coming manager to rebuild the club as well. I can don't necessarily hundred percent agree with it and obviously if we start winning games, I'll be fully on board with it, no matter who the manager is. So I can kind of see the sense in that and see the logic in it. Appointing someone like Mick McCarthy, and he does, I'm not saying he doesn't have positive attributes, but I I don't see, if you're refreshing the club and want to give it a new start, why are we going back to the manager who we had in 2005, who, fair enough, did get us promoted. Hooray! Yay, yeah, promotion be, uh, would be brilliant, but was also in charge... Of the 15-point season. <laughs> and has been, you know, like, fair enough, he's been active in the game and he's got Ipswich to be a solid mid-table championship club, which we'd kill for at the moment. But it's not, like I was saying before, we need someone a bit exciting at the moment. And people might totally disagree with that, saying we don't have the right that, like, Mick McCarthy's kind of the hero we deserve. Yeah. Like, and yeah, like, we do need someone who can drag us up. But... That doesn't. Why did you get rid of Chris Coleman then to replace mm. him with Mick McCarthy? I don't think that makes any sense whatsoever. If if that is indeed the case, I don't think that spells a fresh new era. It's not gonna. Is that gonna get people back through the turnstiles? Is that gonna get those season ticket numbers creeping up? We didn't really get them in when he was either the first. Well, there has mm. been uh, talk of this on the in the group chat we have as well, hasn't there? Uh, yeah. You know, some members of the group saying you know they remember that promotion season. You know, and there wasn't that many people. No. Thirty thousands in the promotion season, and we were pretty. You know, we had a good, really good record that we season. We got like so. ninety odd points. Yeah, or something. yeah. We got promoted, didn't we? Um, so, but that might have been because of the board at the time. Uh, yeah, disputes about that. But, but certainly you, on the way back down, there wasn't. But you think when you it. when you're playing no. well, like I know Murray was wasn't. <clears throat> from what I, I remember, I was quite young at the time. Um, like when Mick McCarthy first took charge, what in two thousand and two yeah he came in I've only been nine years old mm. so you kind of like wow just you, you do kind of just enjoy when the, you kind of don't it doesn't hurt you as much when you lose so like yeah. when you see when it's all still a bit more novelty it doesn't affect you as much but I don't particularly remember the hate for Bob Murray being around that time until the 15 point season that's mm. when I feel like it really kicked yeah. in around then yeah. because we were winning every week mm-hmm. and if Sunderland are winning every week and trying hard on the pitch yeah then you think the gates would creep back up. They were nowhere near as big under Mick McCarthy as they were under Roy Keane. And again, there was a bit more excitement because we had Niall Quinn in charge and stuff like that. Mm. But you worry with Mick McCarthy, is he is he a bit yesterday's man now? Like Ipswich fans are very divided on him. And but he's only been... had two other clubs uh, since yes, he left yeah. us. Wolves and mm-hmm. Wolves and Ipswich and Wolves, you know, fair enough, he got them back into the Premier League and I think left when they were still in the Premier League mm-hmm. when he got sacked. And... Ipswich, obviously, the leaving there has been a bit of... Absolute yeah, banter. Yeah, yeah, really, it has been class. Yeah. Um, but the Ipswich fans... Were he quite... had to go off and buy a car. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he left. Sorry, guys. Got to leave. I think we've had enough banter, though. Yeah. The, the, the yeah. travelling man's a, it's a good drive for Ipswich. I need to yeah. leave now. I'm going to get walk. <laughs> Set off then. But, yeah, like, I don't think that's very... It, it doesn't spell new era, does it, McCarthy? No. Uh, I mean, but you know, with a with a you know with a with a budget this time, Mick can go all the way. Well, to be f- to be fair, he never really had much money to spend. No, he switch, didn't. And he still, you know, Martin Waghorn's got a fair amount of goals this mm-hmm. season. Um, 
you know, they're they're solid. They're mid table. They've humiliated us twice, but I think mm. one of those occasions was down to Jason Steele more than anything. Um, and then Lee Camp the other time. Lee Camp, Lee Camp, yeah. <laughs> so you can't read too yeah, much into their performances it. against us. But Mick McCarthy with money to spend. I keep going back to it. Or Chris Coleman with money to spend. Okay, I know uh, who I would back. Just going back to another name you mentioned, uh, Chris Wilder has got links with Oxford uh, manager for a couple of years between 2008 and 2014. Mm. So uh, Donald so, would have been there. Yeah, he would have been there, yeah. And I guess with, with Wilder he's as well. He's done a good job at Sheffield, mind. Yeah, and he's, he just got them promoted and if he's unhappy, but he is a... He's a he's from like, he's Sheffield fan, as, yeah, far as, like, as I, far as I believe. Like from childhood, yeah. apparently, isn't he? So, Played for them as well. But, you know, like in managerial terms, he's 50, he's quite young, I suppose, in that aspect. And Sheffield United actually played play some decent they stuff. They were to be probably fair. the best side I saw play here for me this yeah. season. Yeah. Like, and the Taurus apart on, the, on the, Boxing Day yeah. as well. So and obviously they missed out on the playoffs, haven't they? But Yeah. They only did they only they only came up last season, was it? Or this yes, yeah. Before, they had so. a really flying start and apparently he's the issues that Wilder has is because he wanted to invest in January yeah. and the board weren't willing to give him the money. So but you think it would take a lot to tempt him away. We don't know. Maybe this board have promised him a big budget and he thinks Sunderland, big mm-hmm. club, and he, and he fancies it. You know, all managers have an ego, which was why Coleman wanted to come and build the club up. So maybe Wilder's thinking along the same lines. I can understand that much more than Mick McCarthy. I think I would be much more mm. on board with that personally. And that would mean that Mick McCarthy was genuinely coming up here for a hoppy <laughs> sandwich and a new motor. And it- <laughs> Well, apparently he was <laughs> checking on a property. He's got property yeah, up yeah, here, wasn't he? Yeah. But the sort of conspiracy theory I started like weaving after that was the LMA, the League Managers Association, always say to managers, keep yourself visible, keep yourself in the public yeah. eye. Mm. So I wouldn't be surprised if he thought, oh, I'm going to check on this, but I'll get myself about where people are going to spot us. Not necessarily to get himself a Sunderland job, to be fair, but just so like... You know, he probably has an agent who, who's like saying, "Get yourself there." So, yeah. so and so's interested in you. This club's interested in you. So oh, it's funny that I've seen go- a car. Fancy it? It's Sunderland. So like, go go and make them go and make them panic. Like, mm-hmm. so if it, you know, he's killing two birds with one stone. I think I'm just trying to talk myself into Mick McCarthy not getting the manager. <laughs> <actually. laughs> I was also in our group chat earlier saying he's going to be director of football. And that's why he's coming up. Well. Well, maybe no, he's going to be centre be. half. Oh, she is retiring. Maybe we need another old centre <laughs> half in the side. Irish connection. Yeah, well. exactly. Yeah. Um, right. I think, um, as terms of speculation for um, manager, we've discussed that. Um, what about players? Has there been any more speculation of which players we can bring in or which players we'd like to see next season? I think there's one name we're all we unified all on. Yeah. Go on, Matthew. Akin Fenwa. Absolutely. We've seen that picture going around off the weekend. Oh, yeah. It's the biggest oh, it's big as my head. I've got We're quite a big head. We're going to have to pay head. for him, though, because he signed a new contract at Wickham. Pay So If these have got money, if these are serious... Spend all of it. Play a manager. <laughs> play a manager and chief executive if Martin Bain gets sacked. Just he's give in, him it all. He's in League Two Player of the Year, Akin Fenwa. Is he? He is. To be no. fair, we, we are going to need a big physical striker because... About the strikers we own, like their combined age is about twenty nine. Yeah, yeah. So, like, <laughs> we're gonna need like a big, like brute of a signing. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you would necessarily leave, but I was just watching the championship highlights yesterday, and like Matt Smith for QPR, mm. just because of his age a little bit. I think he's like, I think he's getting a bit like nearer retirement now, so he might fancy dropping down a level and coming to. But I think for all the club is at its lowest ebb at the moment. 
players have still got egos, yeah. and I think some players might think, actually, if I can go to Sunderland and like get them promoted and like yeah. stabilise them in the championship, like we remember worse players than that. Like to be fair, like mm-hmm. and, and this isn't a dig. Like it's just literally the first one that came to mind. Like is it a Mick McCarthy player? It's Danny Collins. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a right. Like Jeff but... Whitley, you yeah. know, and people like him. You know, but that era. Carl Robinson. Like yeah. Carl Robinson, yeah. But like Danny Collins won Player of the Year twice. Mm-hmm. Did he win Player of the Year twice? And like was just a good, honest, hard work and pro. Like that goes a long way. Like Kevin Ball is like a club legend. Like mm. obviously he was a, a, had like quite a bit of, like skill to him as well. He was like a top level player at a time. Yeah. That goes a long way with us. If you just come here and do a job, you'll be like remembered forever. Like Jermaine Defoe is arguably a bigger legend at Sunderland than any other club he's played for. Yeah, cause yeah, and like fair enough, he's in a crap side, like where he didn't have much competition. But yeah. like Sunderland fans probably loved Defoe more than say Tottenham fans, where he spent the majority of his mm-hmm. career because mm-hmm. of like what he did. Like he came and like bought into the club. If you come and buy into the club and do like just even like one memorable moment like you'd never have to buy a drink in like yeah. Sunderland again people like Nyron Nosworthy should be yeah, exa- exactly. freedom of the city you so know? I think there will be like an element of some decent players especially now that we, we're going to appear to have something of a budget who yeah. might be like eh, I fancy this like mm-hmm. and just like something of a change as well and if if we do have a bit of momentum if it looks like if we do get like a decent manager in place and the ownership looks serious and the club does start to look fresh again that's going to attract players. Like, like I say, they've got egos. They'll want they'll want to be heroes somewhere. Look for those pl- players who not necessarily rough diamonds, but ones ones who are maybe like just not getting the fulfilment at the current mm. clubs. And, and Billy think, Key at Accrington. Yeah, um, like I know it's League Two and that, but they've just won the league. Yeah, they're going to get promoted. But if we have got a bit of money and you dangle it in totally. in front you of Accrington, you could cherry pick the best. Probably Pay for their whole season. You'd hope so. Right. You'd totally hope so. It's what, it's what Wolves did when they were you, down you've there. You've got to do it, really. You've got to. We'll have to be arrogant about it in a yeah. way, like you were saying earlier. You've, we've got to go and take the best players from the teams that we can. Yeah, and just because we have to, we have to get promoted. Basically, it's not like when we went down the championship and you thought we can, we can have a couple of years down here while we stabilise. Sunderland can't. We can't become stay a League One, one club. Yeah. We've got to. We've not just got to get promoted. We've got to bulldoze it. We've yeah. got to, we've got to be getting like, and it sounds daunting, but we've got to be getting like ninety points at least next yeah. season. Like we've got to be winning every week. And like, we, like imagine if we, like it sounds mental, but imagine if we were doing that and we had like even thirty thousand at a League yeah. One yeah. game next season. Like honestly, if we were like that could easily happen. Could if, oh, we, quite, if we had yeah. a game like a Friday night game where it was like we win today, like we're definitely promoted. It'd be bouncing like yeah. you would, would have be, like it would big be it, it would be packed well, like it would for, be you'd, you'd probably be getting 40,000 yeah this year especially now that thing feels like things yeah. are changing whether that is going to be positive or negative yet we don't know and we are getting massively ahead of ourselves we are, even talking about promotion like now we're going to win the check <laughs> <to> the trophy <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly. going to be a great day out of Wembley as well like. oh we'll all, we'll all be going down yeah. like what we like take over Covent Garden again Chris Swansea's under 23 <laughs> great one oh. get beast yeah. <laughs> hey but dare to dream dare to dream two, two. <laughs> uh, Rory would you mind uh, firing up the um, the tweets because we've had a we, few people we... getting in touch thanks forever uh, for, forever but forever. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks for the people who did get in touch with us and you do so at Wiseman say on 
on Twitter. At Wise Men Say, is it? At Wise Men Say Pod. We don't even know our own Twitter handle. I haven't, I haven't, got, I haven't got access, are we? No. Oh, I'm I'm host around here. oh I feel really bad. I'll, I'll tell you the password off air. Um, so, Show us who's been sliding into the DMs. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you one person who's been sliding into the DMs. Yeah, it's got um, Name drop. Lee Howie. He's yes. Been in the DMs. Um, Chris Brown's been in the DMs. And, not the rapper. Um, no, not the rapper. Okay. I'll scroll down and see if he's been in there. Anyway, to the questions. Yeah, to the questions. Um, we had a lot of people who've like asked us stuff about things that we've already touched on, so we have read them all and stuff, so thank you, we're not ignoring you. And um, one thing we've not really touched on, and does kind of feed into what we were talking about before, uh, Ryan Pallister at RJ Pallister 10 said, with a new era upon us, a fresh financial plate for Sunderland, what sort of timescale would you deem acceptable that the new owners have for the club to get back into the top flight again? Hmm. Well, we, 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 we were kind of thinking, well, f- from your... Uh projections Rory straight up next season 90 points at yeah, least at least yeah then I would settle for a stable season in the championship at, you yeah. know at first time of asking that would be I would take that now completely. yeah I, I think two promotions on the bounce would be highly optimistic yeah. but it's it's also not ideal sometimes as well to go up too quickly yeah that's a valid point you're not well, you won't, you're not going to have a squad that's no, going to keep it in the you, Premier League from League One, are yeah. you? Obviously, you're not going to like be against it, but it doesn't. Sometimes, does he go to consolidate for a while and then push on with a squad that's going to be more equipped for? Yeah. So, what would you say, Matthew? What would be acceptable for you? I'd say. How many seasons? I would say five seasons. Five seasons. What well, and the fifth season into the Premier League? Yep. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd I'd probably agree with that. I think. But only one. at at the third tier, yeah, we I need th- to come straight back up. You'd, you'd, you'd need to be just seeing progress every year and just hopefully not stagnating. Yeah. Um, so obviously if we went back up, you wouldn't want to be in a relegation battle straight away. And then if you if you stayed up with a solid platform, you'd hopefully be at least pushing for the playoffs then. So I'd say either that second or third season in the championship should be a promotion season. So I think... Because you would start getting like quite tetchy eventually yeah. and then... You know, because that would mean if you're just mid-table in the championship, you're going to be losing games, and that. Mm. Or and you know, if we go on like, you know, Steve Bruce, we finish tenth, yeah. mm-hmm. which he but, he does like to mention now and again. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the, the end of that season was well. Exactly, we went on a long, a long losing streak, mm. and say if that happened when you're mid-table in the championship, people would start getting agitated. So yeah. well, Middlesbrough did it, didn't they, for a while? Like, I know yes, yeah. We they ended up with Strachan in, and then the Karanka eventually got them up, but they were in floating around nowhere in the middle of the championship yeah. for it's been five or six yeah. years. And you look, you look what's happened to Leeds. Like, yeah. And I know they've been a mess in like other aspects. Well, Coventry, haven't, Coventry, fin- yeah. Coventry haven't finished in the top six for about 40 years. And, but any they, they are going to really? this season. Well, yeah. they might finish seventh. Oh, they might finish seventh. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. Couldn't have known a nicer, nicer bunch of no, ones, I guess. Yeah. If you're of a certain, if you're a dar. Still fuming. He is. Being passed down. The, the fume has <laughs> been passed down care, through actually. generations. Like, I always find it quite weird when people my age, like here, Coventry, I'm a bit like, well, it didn't really affect you, did it? Mm. Like, well, I won the City culture as well, so boom. Ah, uh, yeah. Nah, I'm boom. more angry about that, actually. Yeah. more angry about that. Um... Well, is there any more tweets you want to... Have um, we, have we spoke about it all? Um, we've pretty much covered them all. Um, someone, um, Sergeant Scooterboy, who's a frequent tweeter to us, I think, to be fair, um, said, should Asda become Sainsbury's or Sainsbury's become Asda? I like the, the, all the uh, Ainsbury's. Yeah, yeah I saw that. Mm, I like that. That's been a good thing on the internet recently. Asda should become Sainsbury's, as far as I'm concerned. 
So Sainsbury's, Sainsbury's to take or to be the to be the, the main, main one, yes. really. Yeah. See, I want like Sainsbury's in like a small like a Sainsbury's local. Yeah. But up for Asda in the not, big shop. Not a fan of Asda. Aldi, uh, Aldi's the boy. I'm, I'm a little guy myself. Yeah, yeah. a little because it's around the corner. Yeah, nah, there's, a, there's, a, there's a good Aldi not not too far away from where I live, and it's it, I, I, I guess it's competitive step when I go there. <laughs> it's like, to be fair, I love yeah. it. I love it. You never know what you're going to get as well. Um, just a, a, a note as well. So sad passing over the weekend. There was also another statement on the club website. Uh, club historian Rob Mason put together a good tribute uh, to former Sunderland winger George Mahal, who passed away on the 27th. That was the same evening we played Fulham. He would have been 82. On the 8th of May, uh, George Mahal played 289 games for Sunderland, including five as a sub. He then scored 67 goals from the wing. Uh, a couple of best-known ones was a winner at Manchester United 50 years ago next week and a 20-yarder that completed a 3-0 home win over Newcastle in March 1967. Some good wow. stuff there. Mm-hmm. That is pretty good. Uh, I think we should end on that note. Uh, we are playing Wolverhampton Wanderers, the champions, on Sunday. On Sunday, Sunday it's twelve o'clock, isn't it? Half twelve, half twelve, half twelve. I think I'll mainly be watching the Premier Conco, seeing who's sat in there, rather than watching what's going on in the pitch. Yeah. To be honest, we'll see. Uh, there's going to be another show on Thursday, I imagine. Yes, Thursday will be the last show of the season, um, but we might come back. We're probably going to do some like specials and stuff during the summer, um, and obviously things are going to be happening so we might do some occasional ones when ad hoc when the club gets more news and things like that so but we're definitely back on Thursday and then we'll see after that just like we'll see for Sunderland after that yeah okay uh, thanks very much guys thanks for listening I'll speak to you soon Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.